0: You know, we, we all have a, a, a mandate in life. You you have a purpose in life. Say that with me. I have I a have purpose, purpose. In, life. in life. You know this. This church has a purpose. You know, there's hurting people outside these walls. Love them for Him. That's the that's the word that came to our founding pastors. In. Two, uh, September of 2000. There's hurting people outside your walls. Love them for me. What are we called to do? We're called to make winners in life. That's what we're about. It doesn't matter where you are in life, what you're going through, what you're facing. God wants you to go to another level in life. So you can be winning in your finances, but be losing in so many other different areas of your life. God desires your life to go and continue to rise and be everything he's called you to be. So how, but how are we going to do it? It's how do we do it? We do it through an experience with God. Everything, is about God. Everything is about an experience with him. You know, you can have an experience with man, experience with a preacher, experience, you know, hearing things that are about God. But when, until you experience him for yourself, everything else is just good information. So it's experiencing God. And the second thing is equipping people with the word. And then lastly, it's to engage people. To influence the world around them. That's what we're about as a church. Experiencing God, equipping them with the word. And engaging them to influence the world around them. And so this is our fourth Sunday of the month. and, and, And this is our mission Sunday. And so I want to speak to you from a perspective. Of not just the church's mission. But God's mission in you. So if you have your Bibles. Turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And this message is for every single one of us. Whether you're here, whether you're watching by way of internet, whether, whether you're not even born again yet, whether you've never made Jesus the Lord this message is for you. This is a message for every single one of us. And here in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says this. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, verse 14 of Romans chapter 10 says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of, of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, say good things. Good things. You know, I, I remember a number of years ago, uh, Tony over here we, him and I had the opportunity to travel to Thailand together, and uh, I believe it was in the spring of two thousand or two thousand and one. Something like, we went to Thailand, we were there for a couple of weeks, and, and we went to a, we went to a place called Bang Mae Pa, and it was on the border of between, uh, it was almost close to the, 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 the Bermuda Triangle, not Bermuda Triangle, it was <laughs> the Golden Triangle, sorry, the wrong, wrong area of the country, totally. But anyway, it was between, uh, Burma, Laos, and Thailand, and so we're here, we're there, and, um, we're in this place. We went to a place. They said, they said, you know, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be two hours and two with us. two hours, two rivers. And, and so it ended up being like eight hours and eight rivers for us to get there. But we finally get to this place. And, and so we're going, we're in the mountains on the back of pickup trucks and we're going to the mountain and fire is on both sides of us. The, the hillsides were on fire and we're going to this place and we keep driving and we keep driving and we keep driving and we get there and there, we get there and, and, and someone makes a connection in this village that we're heading to and, And we're going to go preach the gospel. And so we get there and um, there's this uh, young gentleman comes out. He doesn't have a shirt on. He has like a like he's wearing a skirt and he comes out and he has a staff in his hand. And come to find out, one, they had they had never seen an African-American. They had never seen an African-American. They 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 had only seen a, a few white people and they had never heard of the name Jesus. Can, can you, can you fathom that even inside, you know, there, there, you know, there's places in the world that have never heard his name, never heard his name. I remember we, we stood up and we preached the gospel and there was a lady there that had, they called him they called him spirit strings. And here she was, she was 49 years of age, but she looked like she was 105 and she was the oldest lady in the village, 49, but yet she looked 105 and she let us cut those strings off of her wrist. Because they, they, they were into ancestral worship. That's what, their, what, that's what they served. That's what, what, what their God was. But think about it. They'd never heard of the name Jesus. See, here, here he says, how shall they call unless someone preach it? How, you know, think about it. He says, How shall they call on him who they've not believed? And how shall they believe in whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That just means someone proclaiming something, someone testifying to something. It's not talking about someone standing behind this. It's talking about someone proclaiming. How are they going to hear unless someone's proclaiming something to them? What I want you to do, I want you to see in our next little bit of time we have together is how God's kingdom still works on the same principles. God's kingdom operates on seed time and harvest. It does. You know, Matthew chapter four says the kingdom of God is if a man were to sow a seed. You're like, oh, you're going to still talk about seed time and harvest? Yes. <laughs> Because that's how God operates. That's how, God's not going to do so, see, so often we can. We've heard the sovereignty of God taught in so many ways that it all of a sudden pulls about pulls away responsibility on the believer. But see, God's not going to do what you're called to do. Well, God is sovereign. He's sovereign. But yes, he's confined to his word. He's not going to go and operate differently than how his word operates. So here, what is it? He goes, how are they going to hear unless there be a preacher? Meaning something has to be sown. Something, a preacher has to be sown. A preacher has to sow something. You know, even if you look at at Mark chapter four and talking about the parable of the sower, Jesus goes on to explain it and he goes, if you don't understand this parable, you're not going to understand any parable. This is like the granddaddy parable. If if you can understand, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand anything else that I say. Any other story I say, you're not going to understand this. And immediately after, what does he say? The sower sows the word. Meaning if there's going to be any change of any circumstance, the the sower has to sow something. The sower sows the word. Let's look at Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one. Hallelujah. Marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. That's what my 2019 is going to be all about, right? Marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of my God. And you're like, what does that have to do with, with, with what you're preaching? Everything. <laughs> just, just hold on. We'll get there. Now, think about it. See, God has to operate in this same principle. If something... See, His desire is... See, if you look at the very first verse in Romans 10, it really gives us God's desire that he wants everyone to be saved. Bottom line, that's the father's heart. So the father's heart is for someone to hear, for someone to believe, but yet no one can believe and no one can hear unless something be sown, unless a preacher be sown, okay? Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. I'm not going to take out a lot of time with that, but the word was there is better translated be or become. Be or become. Was is, is kind of like past tense. But here it says it, it says it, it, um, it was. See, God doesn't create anything void. He doesn't create anything that's darkness. It said the earth became Void. Meaning, when it was created originally, that's not how all was supposed to be. And I don't have time to go into all that right now, but it says, and the earth was without form and void. Or you could say the earth became without form and void. And darkness, see, another word for without form and void is chaotic. It became chaotic. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And what? And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of being without form and void, in the midst of something, the spirit of God is moving upon the waters. And what happens immediately? It says, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, this wasn't the sun and the moon because they they weren't created till days later. This was something different. This was, this was something different. This is, this is something that, that doesn't have to do with the sun or moon. This is something different. And he said, let there be light. So if I'm going to fix something that's chaotic, God says, says, the Spirit of God is hovering. And what's going to happen is, is, is the Spirit of God is waiting for God to say something. What? Light be. Yes. And the light became. And light is still being today. The universe is still expanding today. But in order for this circumstance to change, in order for darkness to change, in order to, without form, to change, God had to sow a word. He had to sow something to see something change. Let's go to Genesis chapter three. Genesis chapter three. See, God created... Man, he planted man in the garden. Why? He desired a family. So when God desires something, he has to plant something to reap something. Amen. See, he desired a family. So he planted man. But yet man fell. But let's look at verse 14. And the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all animals. Living things of the field upon your belly shall you go and you shall eat dust in what it contains all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise and tread upon your head underfoot and you will lie in wait and you'll bruise his heel. So just as the earth was without form and void... God says, light be. Now we're seeing man has fallen. And all of a sudden, what does God do? God has to sow something. And he declares something. And he's saying, there's one coming that's going to bruise your head. And you're going to bruise his heel. And we know this. We talked about this on Easter Sunday. In Galatians chapter 4, it said, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, born under the law. See, God sent his son. You see, if God wants to change anything, he wants to change a person's life. He he wanted to change the chaotic state of the universe. He wanted to change the fall of humanity. God was going to have to sow something. And he sowed Jesus. Let's look at John chapter 12. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. John chapter 12. Look at verse 23. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die... It brings forth much fruit. He that loves his life shall lose it. And he that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now get this. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall shall I say, Father? Save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify your name. So who wants you to see when God wanted something changed, he had to sow something. The condition of man was broken. God had to sow something and he sowed Jesus and Jesus was the seed to reap a mighty harvest. Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. It abides alone. But yet if it dies, it brings forth much fruit, say much fruit. See, I'm grateful that Jesus chose to plant himself. I'm grateful that Jesus chose to plant himself. You see, we're called to reach this world. But it's not going to, it's just not going to happen automatically. It's just not going to happen. Because according to Romans, it says, how can someone believe unless someone preach? Preach. Jesus died, was sown. This is the reason he came for us to reach, to reap, for, to reap an abundant harvest. Now, it's interesting that when, when Jesus died on the cross, not all humanity became saved. But it provided a way of salvation. Now, let's go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. John chapter 20 father John chapter 20 look at verse 21 he says then said Jesus to them again and this is after he had risen from the dead he says peace be unto you as my father has sent me even so send I you now get this. You see it? God said, I've got, to, I've got to do something about the fall of man. And he sent Jesus. Now Jesus has said, Hey, I provided a way. But just as my Father sent me, I send you. You see, you see, it all the kingdom operates in the same principle. If 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 a man plant a seed. If a man plant a seed. You know, see, Jesus said, if a corn of wheat, you know, die, it brings forth much fruit. And, and for me, that was the biggest thing that realization I had to come to in my own life. If I was going to fulfill my purpose in life is Justin had to die. What to I wanted. That it wasn't about, yes, yeah, there, there's natural calling. Not everyone's called to do this. So when I talk about this, don't, don't, don't see yourself in a position of ministry. There's people called to be lawyers, doctors, insurance salesmen, own businesses. So, so don't get off of the whole aspect of, of, of being in some sort of ministry, in the aspect of a five-fold ministry. This, this is, this is about reaching the world, not being in a five-fold ministry office. But Jesus said, "said even as my father sent me, I send you. What do He tell them in Mark chapter 16, verse 15? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. See, how can someone believe unless they hear? And how can they believe unless someone be sent? Meaning, meaning there's something that, that that has to be planted in the lives of those that are around us if they're going to believe. They have to hear something. They have to see something. And Jesus said, just as I was sent, just as my father sent me, so I send you. Whether you realize it or not, you've been sent. Yes. Amen. Whether you've gone or not, you've been sent. Yes. Whether you've heard a a, a voice from heaven, seen handwriting on the wall, know that you have been sent. You have been sent by your big brother, Jesus. As my father sent me, so I send you. Now, I love this because Jesus says, as my father sent me. And, And a better way to look at this is, in the same way that my father sent me, I send you. In the same way that my father sent me, I send you in the same way. You see, Jesus didn't do everything he did because he was Jesus. (laughs) Some people, some people always question me about that. See, he let down Philippians says he let down his deity and was made as a man in the likeness of man. So he let down everything that made him like God. He let down. And became a man. So in the same way. See Jesus. There was two things Jesus had to understand. And two things that he had to walk in. Before he went into what he was called to do. The first thing is. Has he had to. He had to receive his identity. And secondly. He had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Holy Spirit came as like a dove. He wasn't a dove. He came like a dove and rested upon him. And soon as those two things happened, he stepped into the ministry that he was called to do in the earth. Yes. Amen. So in the same way, as my father sent me, so I send you. Let's go to Luke chapter twenty four. Luke chapter twenty four. Thank you, Father. Verse forty six says, and he said to them. Thus it is written that the Christ, the Messiah, this is the Amplified, should suffer on the third day and rise from the dead, and that repentance with a view to and the conditions of forgiveness of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem, and you are witnesses of these things. Verse 49, and behold, I will send forth upon you what my father has promised, but remain in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. So he's saying, hey, I've told you to go. I've told you to preach the gospel, the forgiveness of sin through my name, but he said, don't go yet. I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to go there, and until you're endued with power from on high. Meaning, meaning, I've just charged you as my father sent me, so I send you. So as my father sent me into the world to fulfill this calling, I'm gonna send you in the world to fulfill this same calling. Go there until you are endued with power. Endued just to mean to be clothed with. People, people often ask me, it's like, well, you know, so is, you know, is there this whole aspect of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Is, does that happen when you get born again? No, your spirit gets reborn, but there's a second experience. If they were filled with the Holy Spirit in John chapter 20, when he breathed on them and he said, receive the breath of life, why would at the same time, would he say, go to Jerusalem and be filled with it? So when Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, that's when they were born again. But he said, go to Jerusalem until you're filled with it. So it just in the same way, let's go to Acts chapter one. Acts chapter 1. Whosoever shall believe on the name shall be saved. But how shall they hear if they don't have a... How shall they believe if they don't have a preacher? And how will they believe if a preacher be sent? Meaning someone is going to have to say something. Thank you, Father. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. But he said, wait for the promise of the father, which saith he, you have heard of me. Wait for the promise of the father. Wait for the promise of the father. Verse five, for truly John baptizes with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the season, which the father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Say "Witnesses." witnesses. You see this power, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now, this Holy Ghost coming upon you didn't say, didn't mean for you to be weird. The Holy Ghost coming upon you wasn't so, so we could say that we just fall out on the ground or we shake and tremble. All those are byproducts of the Spirit of God coming on someone's life, but that is not the reason for the Spirit of God coming on the, the disciples. The power coming on the disciples was for them to be witnesses, In Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and what the uttermost parts of the earth, meaning Jesus is saying, when this Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, when the person of the Holy Spirit rests upon you, just like it rests upon me, and just like I influenced everywhere I influenced, just like I impacted everywhere I impacted, just like I was a witness to my Father everywhere I went, you will be a witness to the uttermost parts of the earth because of this enablement because of this empowerment. So think about it. God sowed Jesus to save us. The Father sent the Holy Spirit to empower us. See, he had to sow something. Something had to be planted. Something had to be planted. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 Thank you Father See this empowerment was for influencing the world That's what this is for That's that's what Jesus was sent to influence all humanity Jesus sent us as the father sent him to influence the world. Be witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. And here he says that Jesus is speaking. I love this because Jesus is speaking. He's not speaking to heads of state. He's not speaking to people that have the ability to change laws. He's speaking to ordinary everyday people. And they're standing up with this. And he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount. One of his favorite messages, one of the most read sermons. And yet he stands up and he says this, you are the salt of the earth. Now, think about you got some just ordinary just women there, men there, fishermen there, farmers there. And they're saying, you are the salt of the earth. You, you are the salt of the earth. I don't have time to go through all, all that salt means. Maybe we will in a future weeks. But but then it says this in verse 14 you are the light of the world. You, you are the light of the world. I meaning here, I meaning what what does salt do? What does light do? They both they influence things, they change the environment of something, they change the taste of something, they preserve things, they they heal things, they they, they illuminate things, they give wisdom to things. Now, see, if I were to, if this room was totally dark right now and I would turn on a flashlight, everything would be drawn to the point of that light. Right. Everything will be drawn to the point of that light. And Jesus is saying to them, you are the light of the world. You, you. Are the light, meaning there's something on the inside of you that has the ability to change your surroundings, there's something on the inside of you that has the ability to change situations, there's something on the inside of you that has the ability to give something that something of light that destroys darkness. Thank you, and then he says, This it says, A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. See, if you've ever been to this place when Jesus is preaching in the Sermon on the Mount, right behind it is there's another mountain there and he's talking about the town of Succoth. and, and, and on the top of that mountain, you, it couldn't be hidden because all the lights could be seen at the top of that mountain. So that's what he was saying. He was saying if there's, if there's a light on the top of that mountain, you cannot hide it. And then he says this, he says, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. You see, you don't light a candle in your house, a candle in your house just to cover it up. Now, we don't light candles in our house today, you know, for light, but we light candles. We want to smell good. Those smell good candles. Those candles with flavors. But the thing is, is if I light the candle, and 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 if for for that candle is to let off an aroma, it's to let off something. But yet, if I cover it up, then all of a sudden the light is going to lose its the ability. If I take away the oxygen from that light, then it's going to not fulfill its purpose. And so that's the same thing he's saying here. You see, neither men don't light a candle and put it a, on a bushel, but what they put it on a candlestick that it gives light unto all the house. You see, see, there's, there's light on the inside of you. There's, there, there's the presence on the inside of you. And Jesus is saying, Hey, there's something on the inside of you and it's going to illuminate things in the world It's going to change environments is going to fix situations. And I love this. He said, verse 16, he says, let your light so shine. See, this is a matter of choice on the believer. This is a matter of your choice. It's not your pastor's choice. It's not your wife's choice. It's not your mama's choice. It's not your children's choice. But it says, let your light, let your light so shine before men. See, this light is, is not to shine in church. Let it shine before, now it needs to shine in here, but, but let your light so shine. Meaning, meaning the most shining you need to do is in front of men. Let your light so shine before men that what, they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Meaning, meaning get this Tommy, this light that's only inside of me is get them to glorify him. This light on the inside of me is not for them to glorify Justin. is not to glorify heritage of faith, but it's to glorify my Savior. It's to glorify my Heavenly Father. It's to glorify my Creator. That's what this light is for. And Jesus said, it's on the inside of you to influence and the world. What, what The greatest definition that, that I heard of influence, and I, I don't want to take credit for it, but I heard this when I was teaching on this years back, and he, the Holy Spirit said this, influence is this. The power and the authority to affect, alter, or change something. See, if you have influence, then you have the ability to change, affect, or alter something. When you are influenced, the people you work with, then now you have the very tools, the very... See, that's what Jesus had. Jesus had influence. What was coming out of his life, he had influence. And what is it? The power and the, it, to affect alter or change something. God wants you to be an influencer so you can change your environment, you can change your family, change your children. Let me close with this. 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. Running running out of time. Are you with me this morning? Say thank God for the word. In 2 Corinthians 4 Remember this is this is about seed time and harvest. What did God do when the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep? And it said the spirit of God hovered. What did Jesus tell the disciples, go to Jerusalem and tell your endued with power from on high. Right? The Spirit of God was there in a place of without form and void. Now Jesus is saying, hey, hey, the earth is still without form. The, the earth, people in the earth are void. People in the world are in darkness. And, he, and Jesus says, go to Jerusalem until you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Now you see the connection between the two. Some of you do, some of you don't. Now, now look at this. In verse, verse four. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest, so the, the God of this world blinds people's minds, so what? So they don't see the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus, who is the image of God, the image of God should shine to them. For we preach, not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. How can they hear unless someone, someone be sent? Right? We preach Christ, Not ourselves. We preach Christ. We don't preach our opinion. We don't preach a secular viewpoint. We preach Christ Jesus. Ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake, what? For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. Get this. See, this is talking about Genesis 1. For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. See, the same thing that was in darkness at the very beginning, when God said light be, now it's saying here, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. But we have this treasure in an earthen vessel, earthen vessel, didn't say a spiritual vessel. It didn't say a heavenly vessel. It said an earthly vessel in an earthly vessel. That we have this treasure, earthen vessel, that the excellence of the power of God may be of God and not of us. I mean, think about this. So in that same place where in the beginning, where the earth was without form and void, darkness was there. The spirit of God was there. God said, light be in that same state where fallen humanity is, where we live, work with people that don't know Jesus, that that are blind to the things of God, that don't care about God are lost are spiritually confused... Yet God placed us in that same environment, placed the Holy Spirit on us, on the inside of us, and says that we have that same treasure, that same treasure that that created everything that we see, that same treasure that when God said, light be, that created everything, that same treasure is on the inside of you and me. It's in our earthen vessel. And it's not just for us to keep it bottled up on the inside. It's not something that, that we were given just so we could pray in tongues, but it was given to us so we could go out into our world go into our families and be light that changes darkness. You see, there is a world looking for a, for an Abraham to believe God. There's a world looking for a Noah to obey. There's a world looking for a Daniel that won't bow to a world system. There is a world looking for four leprous men that will get up and go to the enemy's camp. There is a world looking for a Joshua that will take people into the promised land. There's a world looking for a David that will destroy a Goliath. There is a world looking for a Paul that will preach a gospel. There's a world looking for the, a Jesus that will speak into people's lives and cause people to be raised up. There is a world looking for life, looking for for something that will expel the darkness and the confusion that they're in. But I don't know about you, but I want to be that man. I want you to be that man. I want you to be that woman because we were not created just to be Christians in four walls, but we were created to influence and change the world that we are in. That was a mouthful, but... But the whole point is you have to understand you were made and created to influence the world. See, the the, the principle works on the same thing. His kingdom works on the same thing. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how will they call on him whom they've not heard? How they believe unless someone preach? How can they hear unless someone be sent? This morning, your pastor, Jesus, is sending you. Is sending you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word today. And we thank you for the empowerment it brings into our lives. Lord, I thank you, Lord. There are world changers on the inside, in, in the inside of this room. Father, I thank you that there are people that are in here today that they are called to minister to the down and out. They're ministered to the up and out. There's people that are called in this place, Father, that do things that beyond they could ever ask, think, dream, or imagine. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the great things that you have in their lives. I declare that they are called to be sought and they are called to be light in their world. I declare that the greater, the greater, there's great things on the inside of them. According to Ephesians 2, I pray over them and declare that they are your workmanship, created for good works. How let good works. Oh, Father, so many times we, we can get caught and we can get in bondage till we look at all the failures we made in the past but and, and never look to what we're called to do or we try to wait till our lives are perfect or wait till we get everything right. But, Father, I thank you that they this morning they would heed your call. They'd heed the call that they're called to influence. They would heed the call that, 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 that just as you were sent into the earth, they were sent into the earth. I thank you that, that you're equipped them for great things. You're equipped them to walk through difficult things. You've equipped them to be a, a voice in their family, a voice in their workplace, a voice to everywhere you called them to be. I declare that they are victorious and I declare just like Jesus, just like Jesus in John chapter 17, verse three, we will all say, hallelujah, we finished down to the last detail everything you called us to do. And Father, we don't take pride in our own ability or our own strength because Lord, we know we can't do this without you. Just like Jesus said, without you, I can do nothing. So we surrender to that. We surrender to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Put your hand on your heart. Now before I did, how many, if I, just by a show of hands, you'd say, Pastor Justin, I want to be used by God. Just lift a hand. Huh. Deep down, that's everyone's heart cry. So as you have a hand up and a hand on your heart, just repeat this after me. Father God, today I plant myself. I surrender myself to your will and your way. Just like Jesus planted himself, I plant myself. As Jesus planted himself, and surrendered his life, it said much fruit came about it. So today, I surrender my life. And I'm believing for much fruit to come through my life. Grace my hands. Grace my feet. Grace my mouth to influence the world. One person at a time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love love you all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.